Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. o'clock on Wesson Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can text us on the Garage Door Guru text line. The number is 704-570-9610. Stanford P. wrote in, hell yeah. Naked Fitty is majestic. After Fitty threatened to be naked every day for a week, if you got LJ Cryer. Wasn't a threat. Okay, well, I mean... It what is prom- it? it a promise, promise threat? I, it's all it's all the same. It was a promising threat. Michael, the 49er fan, big shout to Michael. He said, naked every single day for one or, or or even for one day, Jeff would shut that down. But he did say you can't do anything once. Is that something Jeff said on the air? Oh, that's he should not have said that within earshot of you. You know, the thing is, is I also think it was something about me being naked in the studio. And he was just kind of like, you can do anything once, but then you're not coming back. Oh, wait, he said that about that, about you being naked once. Yeah, I forget what I had said I was going to do, and then it would make me naked. It might have been Oral Roberts upsetting Duke in the tournament. It's a weird school for this to be involved in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's, let's just go back to the last segment. I, th- I promised to come in naked. And then you teased us role-playing in the next segment. That's, I mean. that's Exactly. Yes, exactly. Joey from Huntersville said, Fitty threatening to come in naked, and now you guys are role-playing? What's happening in that studio? Not a lot of great stuff. And the thing is, we're going to have to film what's going on in the studio a little bit later on, so we're going to try to be on our best behavior later in the segment, but we're going to announce the winner of the 75-inch TV that was a part of the giveaway during the NCAA tournament. We were out at the Carolina Ale House. We had a great time over in on the location um, on Waverly, and right after we were hanging out the week prior to that to the one uh, next to Concord Mills. And so we were giving away the TVs. A lot of people provided some entries. Maybe some people provided multiple for, you know, whether it was themselves along with, you know, their parents, whatever. So it was very cool to see everybody come out. We really appreciate um, you guys coming out, supporting us, visiting us at Carolina Ale House. And we will announce the 75-inch high-definition TV winner at the end of this segment. But now it is time for what Wes teased at the the last segment, and now it's kind of weird considering the naked conversation that's here. But let's just dive on in, baby. Let's do a little QB role play. Wes, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll let you choose because you came up with the idea. Okay. I mean, I can go first. You want to go first? Yeah. So... Wes is now going to turn into C.J. Stroud. He looked at me while we were prepping this, and he said, you strike me as a Bryce Young and Will Levis guy. <laughs> Which, you know. <laughs> out of the top you four, a hard time. Yeah, out of the top four QBs. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So I'll be Bryce Young in this first segment. Okay. Wes is going to be C.J. Stroud. We're going to okay. do this again at 2 o'clock, and then and there we'll try to role play Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. So you are trying to sell your ability to be the number one overall pick to Scott Fitterer, a.k.a. Itty Bitty Fitty. Mm -hmm. Sell yourself as a prospect number one overall at the NFL draft. 
Mr. C.J. Stroud. All right. What's going on, Scott? I'm C.J. Stroud. Listen, you know me. You were just at my workout a couple weeks ago, but I've come to make my case uh, to be the top pick. Uh, so let's just start with the stats, okay? Over the last two seasons, I've been 8,123 yards combined, 85 touchdowns, and only 12 picks. So I'm not going to turn the ball over. You know me. I'm a ball placement specialist. Accuracy is the name of my game. But also, too, I make history. I'm the first Big Ten quarterback to post back-to-back seasons with 30-plus touchdowns. Listen, I know the Michigan game, you know what I'm saying? We had a tough time. It was bad matchups, man. They got us. It is what it is. But I was still there to lead my troops. I played hard to the end, and that's some of the adversity I know I'll face in the NFL. I know every game is not going to be a walk in the park, but I'm going to lead my dogs to the end. And then we got to the Georgia football game. You saw that when everybody's talking about it. I don't have to remind you of that. But like I said, I just kept coming back and back and back, even though that Georgia offense was terrific and that defense was on my behind. But I just kept going out there and I just kept playing uh, well. But we can go to the analytics. I'm top 20 in the nation on passes that traveled 20-plus yards through the air. I had a 92.6 grade on PFF uh, on deep throws. I had 21 of those last season, all right? So, you know, I'm a guy also – Third nationally this season in yards per attempt, 9.4 yards. I'm going to throw the football. I'm going to find my guys down the field. And, oh, yeah, I'm a quarterback first. I do have the athleticism, but that's not the most important thing to me. Okay? I'm going to find my playmakers, get them the football. You guys have supplied some wonderful players through free agency. All I want to do is get the ball to them, let them make plays. I'm going to lead this franchise. I'm a calm, cool dude. I'm going to be in the building every day before any of y'all. Okay, studying, getting my plays, learning this playbook. And, yeah, it's cliche, but I'm going to be the last one out. I'm here to work. I'm here to win championships. Queen City, I am your quarterback. C.J. Stroud signing off. I'm not sure Scott Fitter was listening during that entire time. Did you? <laughs> Were you listening, Fitty? Itty bitty Fitty? I don't Multitasking. <laughs> multitasking is a thing, Walker, I'm going to bestow upon you to learn how to do. Um, I need you to be a lot better multitasker if you're going to be a real multitasker like I am as Bryce Young as I take on that identity. This is Bryce Young now trying to tell you what a real quarterback is going to oh. look like in a Panther uniform. Yes, I am going to take the politician campaign route of running the smear campaign against C.J. Stroud as well. That's cool. You had a great time throwing for over 400 yards in your junior year as well, or your sophomore year, your freshman year, I guess, your redshirt freshman year, 4,400 yards. But with Bryce Young, myself, I was able to throw for 4,800 yards on my way to a Heisman Trophy. Talk about not turning the ball over. I don't either. How about 47 touchdown passes and seven interceptions during my Heisman Trophy campaign? And you got one game against Georgia. Great job. I played him a couple times. When I played him a couple times, I went for over or close to 800 yards in the two combined games, especially in that SEC championship game. The championship game I did not win against Georgia, by the way. All my receivers were down. All of them left. I didn't have Chris Olave I was throwing to. I didn't have Jamar Chase Jr., a.k.a. Marvin Harrison Jr., to throw to this year. I didn't have first-round wide receiver Jackson Smith and Najigba. I showed you I could do it with all the skill set, and I showed you I can do it without any first, second, third-round receivers as well. The offensive line, nope, not good as C.J. Stroud's. Plus, talk about chaos, baby. I thrive in chaos. 
C.J. Stroud likes that nice little clean, neat pocket. Cool, you got one game against Georgia. Fantastic. Man, I got those two, and I thrive with all the pressure in my face, and I deal with it a little bit more. So Bryce Young, me, I should be the first overall pick. Itty-bitty-fitty, a.k.a. Real Scott Fitterer. Take me number one, and you won't regret it. All right, there you go, Fitty. Who wins according to you as far as who you would select based off of the sales pitch? And this this was actually really it started out not going to be close cuz I thought I thought West just laid down the hammer like you know he came out strong <laughs> and and just really you know, he put himself out there, and I uh-huh. didn't know how you were going to respond. No, no, I, I'm Bryce Young. I respond but, well. But, you know, you responded very well. You led them down the field, mm-hmm. and, you know, you tied the game up. But kind of like what happened in that game against Tennessee, you left too much time on the clock. <laughs> Wait, is he Hendon Hooker or is C.J. Stroud? Yeah, Which you know, one is he he's now? He's better than Hendon Hooker. So I think, right. I, I, I think, I think C.J. Stroud, you know, the complimentary to the weapons that this offense was added this, this offseason, I think that plays very well because it makes Big Fitty feel good about the job he's doing and securing himself as a GM in the National Football League. And, you know, I just look at Bryce Young, the way he commanded, you know, the room just right there, That's a right. lot more commanding than you. He took over the room. He had a great, a larger presence with the audience. I think C.J. Stroud's name's going on the card. Tiny body, large presence. That's what I bring. Sir, I thank you. You won't regret it. I I appreciate that. I'm I'm going to the film room right now. And you still went the other way. Tiny body, large presence. By the way, (laughs) KC Steve wrote in, is young looking up to Stroud while saying all this. That is true. I am looking (laughs) Looking up to Stroud. Looking up to Stroud. Are you on your tiptoes? I'm scrappy-doo right now. Let me at him, baby. I should be the number one overall pick. background coming through, baby. Um, So if the Carolina Panthers are the best fit for any of these QBs, really Mm -hmm. right like Stroud Bryce Young we talked about this yesterday Mm -hmm. with Lewis Riddick saying if you are any of these QBs you're praying Carolina takes you in that same area I guess we go top seven with the Raiders also being QB needy being that seventh overall selection what's the next team you'd like to go to Raiders Colts Seahawks are interesting especially if if you're any of them right so let's say that we can just keep it the guys that we that we role play fair for today Bryce, or in this segment, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, if you are not taken by Carolina, do you want to be the highest taking QB outside of one and go to Houston? Or do you want to try to fall and then go to possibly the Colts, be selected by Seattle, who Mm -hmm. looks to be interested in Anthony Richardson right now? Or do you want to fall to Vegas, work with Josh McDaniels? D'Amico Ryans is the only thing that will make me think that Houston might have some form of stability. Other than that, I would not want to go there. To me, they are a just a shaky franchise through and through from the top to the bottom. The personnel is horrendous. Um I mean, yeah, that 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 is that is a typical top three scenario for a quarterback right there. I would not want to go there. Uh, Indianapolis, I feel like they are kind of a team that's that's the second best equipped because of the fact that they were a really good team just two years ago. So I feel like it won't take a whole lot to get them back on board. They had injuries that hurt them a lot this year. So hopefully guys like Jonathan Taylor can hand the ball too. So I've, I've got a little bit there. So I would say Indianapolis second. Um, like I said, Shane Steichen, quarterback friendly system. Uh, he's going to give me a lot of what Jalen Hurts more than likely, especially if I'm C.J. Stroud, RPO style stuff. So I'm with that. The Raiders, I'm I'm shaky on them too because I just don't like Josh McDaniels. I don't think that he hasn't proven anything without Tom Brady. Everywhere he's gone has been a disaster. So I'm not with that either. 
Um, I mean, if Tennessee, there's rumors they're going to come they're up. They're at 11 right now. I, I would say Seattle is the second best because I'm going to come in. I don't necessarily want to sit right away, but I'm, I'm going to sit probably for two years behind Geno Smith. And then I can learn, and then I'm going to have more than likely a stable organization, a really good head coach, uh, a really talented roster to come into because we haven't talked about that a lot. I mean, Seattle got there because of a trade that they're in the spot that they're in. Yep. So, um, you know, it was the Russell, I mean, Russell Wilson. Yeah, they're ready to go five. as far as a, if, if Geno Smith went down because we know that that's a possibility as well. More than likely, you're going to play at some point. Um, Geno Smith is going to get nicked up at some point where you're going to get a little bit of action this year. So I'd say Seattle's the next best uh, destination. Yeah, I really like the Colts and Seattle at four and five. Even with Houston, I'm with you. I like D'Amico Ryans. It's not like that franchise is completely void of any success. I mean, they've had some when yeah, Bill O'Brien was but there. Just the, how they've been doing with the head coaches. Right. But, and, early, but early exits in their postseason appearances, and especially with all of the things that have happened with that organization, I'm good on going to Houston. I'd still rather fall. I think the being able to play right away thing matters for Indianapolis. And I think you're right. Their their supporting cast is good enough for me to feel okay with it. I think their offensive line, you still have a guy like Quentin Nelson. You you can make a few moves, I think, to shore up that offensive line to where it's certainly a lot better than what it was last year. Mm -hmm. You have Michael Pittman. I like Pittman as a receiver. I know he hurts you with fantasy. We've talked about that. But I like Michael Pittman fine (laughs) enough. I think it's because you couldn't go downfield because the offensive line didn't give Matt Ryan, dead arm Matt Ryan anyway, enough time. I think Pittman, well, he's old. That's (laughs) That's why we're looking for a QB. And that's why the Colts are up at number four. So I, I take the Colts as that best option after the Panthers. And then I'd go Seattle. And I think Geno Smith is... Because you don't want to sit. That would be the reason. I think that would be the reason. And, you know, Seattle does have a couple of awesome receivers. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, one of the better combos in the league. Pete Carroll is a good coach. You saw him get the most out of Geno Smith, right? Mm -hmm. So, interesting, where Russell Wilson was awesome. Clearly one of the best quarterbacks of the last decade. But then you move off of him. And then Geno Smith has somewhat of a top 10 QB year. Like, I think he was a top 10 QB in the league last season with the way that he played. So you got the most out of him in a way nobody else was able to really with Geno. And I don't think Geno is going to be the type of guy that is a bad mentor to whatever young QB you select. I think he understands. I think he's been down that road before. And so if you have Geno and the young QB battling it out, you sit there. There's not a lot of pressure. Plus, you have just a good situation around you. I think that matters a lot. Last thing before we go to break, and we do need to announce the TV winner real quickly. What about if Atlanta was in this conversation trading up from eight? So let's just say they pull a surprise trade. They want to trade up from number eight to get in that quarterback mix. How would you compare Atlanta to some of these other teams that we've talked about? I think it's a decent situation. It's not as bad as some of the others when you talk about Houston. But I think Atlanta's got somewhat of a stable roster. To me, they are still a few players away, especially that pass rush. You look at them, bottom three in the league in pass rush. But as far as offensively, you coming in there, they still could use a back. Uh, they need a back that's going to be a little bit more dominant. Tyler Agil, he's a he's a good back. Oh, but your guy. boy Cordero Patterson, who Cordero I got Cordero Patterson, for sure. Uh, like I said, so you want a maybe a little bit of uh, stability there. And then I'm a boy from USC, the receiver. Drake uh, London. Yeah. Yes, Drake London. So you got him, Kyle Pitts. 
you hope that they're like going to step up and target him more. So it's a solid situation. I, I think Arthur Smith is a good play caller. I don't know, I, I, you know, kind of weird in media availability stuff. So I don't love that, but I do think he's a good play caller. He needs to get Pitts more involved. Like I, I, I want Pitts to be someone that can blossom. Like he did his rookie year. He was awesome. Yeah. His rookie season. So it's not like the lack of talent is there. So yeah, I think Atlanta would be a good scenario. All right, let's go ahead and get this thing started. I did want to announce the winner of the 75 inch TV and we can have Wes announce it here soon, but we'll get the, we want to film this. We want to put it on our social media accounts. You can do it at Wes and Walker. You can follow us there. You can also follow us at WFNZ. So we'll let Wes do it. He's more of the MC type. He is absolutely, he's so much better with the energy and all that. So, so let's let MC Wes Bryant announce the winner of the 75 inch TV. All right. The winner. Of the 75-inch TV and the reason why you won't get things done that you probably need to because you're watching too much TV is Allison Vanderveer of Matthews, North Carolina. You have won the 75-inch television do you think the the TV, the wingspan probably isn't that? I guess it's that wide. Yes. It's about there. There it is. Congratulations to Allison MJ. for winning the 75-inch high-definition TV. Yes. We appreciate everybody for stopping by at a couple of the different Carolina Alehouse locations that we were able to publicize Congrats, this. Allison. Hanging out with us a couple of those times watching the NCAA tournament. It was a lot of fun. So once again, congratulations to Allison. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, talk plenty more about the Carolina Panthers, the NCAA tournament. And I really wanted to discuss more of this Panthers article on The Athletic detailing the process of this offseason, including moving up to the number one pick. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to text in on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Big Cat Dan, he likes the role play text. He wants us to do Stetson Bennett next. The thing is, do we go out and just have Fiddy film us going out to the parking lot, diving behind a bush because he was arrested for, what was it? He was, it was... Public intoxication, right? Stetson Bennett I caught an so, arrest yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. So I would love for us to go role play Stetson Bennett dives behind a bush and then see if that is something Scott Fitter would pick as his next QB. <laughs> yeah, we could. And then we could make a, a undrafted free agent uh, role play as well. So that's, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Look, if, if you want to sign me as an undrafted free agent, I'm going to work on You think on... he'll be undrafted free agent? I have zero clue his draft stat, the status right I now. think he'll get picked because his pedigree and the way he played, 
in the playoffs, I think it would be too much. I think teams at worst would take a late round flyer. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get picked at all. I mean, yeah, I guess. I I look, and Stetson Bennett was good, right? Yeah, and he got invited to the combine and he looked he looked decent at the combine. I you think like he, Stetson Bennett. In oh, college. Yeah, for sure. I think he's super disrespected. You were talking about him kind of like being in the lore of college football oh, he history. Is. When you look at his numbers that he put up, especially in the playoffs, his record as a starter winning two national championships for a perennial choker of a program that he resurrected Georgia football as far as championships and stuff, and he was uh, the catalyst for it, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, so Seth, well, there you go. You should you role play Stetson Bennett. You would be very good at it. <laughs> I mean, because he definitely has all to make. He, he didn't have household names at receiver. He didn't have these ridiculous running backs like that. All that. So they just were a good team. They were a good team, and he was good. He was awesome. And in the their playoffs. defenses were ridiculous. I will say that the the playoff performances yeah, is ridiculous. No, he was great. He was fantastic. Both years. All right. So uh, Joe Gibbs Jr. By the way, he said most mock drafts have Stetson Bennett going late in the fifth or the sixth round. So not he's an undrafted end up guy. Starting some games. Yeah, not an undrafted guy. Like we we've seen this a couple times where you have this really celebrated QB that has a lot of accolades that has experienced the quite maturity kind of. Well, I mean, if it wasn't for the public intoxication, we wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have that, right? Like, yeah. we, we would be celebrating his maturity. Yeah, knocking would on we the not? door on people and stuff like that. Is that I, what he I, did? I, yeah, I believe that was part of it, if I'm not mistaken. And then Baker Mayfield, Eli Manning, both yeah. of them had that. Yeah. They they both had some of those problems in college, really? too. Eli did? Eli did. Go look it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that face? Yeah. Eli Manning. Just He's all a funny face. guy, though. He's hilarious. Yeah. The Manning cast, to, to me... Peyton is the host, and he's the guy kind of making everything flow naturally. Yeah. But it's the one-word statements and, and just even the sentences from yeah. Eli that kind of make that thing go, mm-hmm. too. No, Eli Manning is fantastic. So, yes, can you be comedically valuable to this team like Eli is <laughs> yeah. and can also uh, maybe perform even after some public intoxication? Let's go back to this athletic article. Okay. Joe Person, a couple of other beat writers took part in. Writing about the Carolina Panthers, their process into moving up to get that number one pick, and really Chicago. It really focuses on the Bears as well. I want to go back to the Christian McCaffrey trade, Wes, because, Mm -hmm. of course, we talked about it a lot then. We had been exploring that type of trade for a while. It's why I never thought the Panthers were outright tanking once they did trade Christian McCaffrey. Because we had discussed that. You gave them a big old contract. They weren't winning. That contract, that money could be allocated towards other areas to help you at least come close to winning. And then after you traded him, Deontay Foreman was awesome. That's why people wanted him back. He was very good. Chuba Hubbard actually had some good games as well, and I thought he really improved. Maybe somebody we can focus on a little more as the offseason goes on. But trading Christian McCaffrey, I think that is a huge, huge move that has set the Carolina Panthers up very well here, right? Like, you get rid of that big contract. Also, clearly a better running back. Chris McCaffrey's awesome. But you get Miles Sanders. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, San Francisco gets him. <laughs> so you get Miles Sanders. You get Adam Thielen. Your skill, rece- your, your skill set, your weapons, they're not phenomenal, but they're average enough. And you're able to allocate money towards the better offensive line. You get a whole bunch of picks. So now you can actually trade up to get the number one overall selection. They did a lot to save 39. So, yeah, that Chris McCaffrey trade, that it, it's interesting if we t- were to go back to the path that led us here. 
that's a big old uh, that's a big old piece of the road. The yeah, McCaffrey it definitely was. was. And you put yourself in a position we know to get the number one pick, which allows you to be able to have more premium players. That's the name of the game because you're not going to be playing the quarterback an absorbent salary, and you can afford to pay Brian Burns, afford to pay Derek Brown, afford to pay uh, a lot of guys, and so that's going to help you over the coming years. The Christian McCaffrey draft did exactly what you wanted it to. He got out of it what he wanted to, which was coming to a uh, a winning franchise and to be able to compete, uh, hopefully, for uh, the next few years of his career. But the Panthers got the extra uh, supplements that they needed to be able to go make a deal like this. This is exactly what you want for stars. This is one of the purposes that they serve off of the field, not only to be able to help you as far as the production that they can put up, but also to be able to help you when it's time for them to go and you want to do them a solid, they bring you back value. And the Panthers did it, too, uh, at a smart time because they chose to do it when he was still, uh, quote-unquote, you you may not say prime, but the way he performed when he came to San Francisco and things like that, he still got a lot of uh, good, productive years left. So that's why it yielded what it did. It's the new breaking news. It's it's weird to have free agency kind of last this long. What's the breaking news, Fiddy? Well, I only only hit the sounder because we got a couple of texts about it. But the Panthers have signed linebacker Camus Kruger Hill. I think is how you pronounce that last name. So it's so. Here's the thing. I saw the text and I was wondering if you were going to sound this off or not. I, I, I didn't know what to do with this or not. <laughs> it's a. T- <laughs> <laughs> we're now doing the show on the air, Fiddy. It's another, t- I mean, look, I'm typing it in. I don't know if it's true or not, but I can't find it on Twitter. And you say a couple they tweeted of- tweeted it. Yeah, it's out there. Okay. Yeah, they tweeted it. All the right, well, that's good. Did. All right, well, then there you go. I was hoping, because I couldn't find it on Twitter as I was surfing. I just wanted to make sure. You thought I got duped? Well, you had before on the text message. When Stanford P, I think, told oh, yeah. you that somebody was in town, and then you decided to roll with that because you <laughs> trusted Stanford P well enough, and I thought this was one of those things. And and here's the question I was going to ask. Rain Man wrote this in. So what I thought was that this would be somebody that would constantly try to get false stories out there and that people would just call him Rain Man as this wild predictor, but it looks like it's true. So you're telling me you see this, Wes? Yes. Okay. All right. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other details there? Or should we look this up a little bit more and get our research? Well, uh, when you look at his career so far, he had his best season in 2021 in Houston where he had 108 tackles. He had 13 TFLs. Uh, he had five quarterback hits, so I mean, and three sacks. So if you can get that guy, uh, that'd be great as far as what he did last season. Uh, looks like he played in 15 games, started six, finished with 48 combined tackles, uh, only one TFL and no sacks. Other than that, like I said, the, st- the statistics are not uh, going to blow you away. This is a guy that has played now uh, eight seasons in the NFL for 14. So, so this is what I remember. like a depth chart move. Yep. This is what I remember about him, and I'm trying to find it, but I'm I feel very confident in this, so I'm going to go to air with it. I'm pretty sure he made some kind of weird guarantee that they were going to win a game one time and then they lost. I'm pretty sure that's what happened when he was with Philadelphia. So I need Mm. to look that up, but that's what I recognize his name for first and foremost. And I'm trying to figure it out. I know he said something like that, but that's what I remember him for. Otherwise it is linebacker depth. And I do like the fact that you're getting some linebacker depth. And so we'll see how much playing time he gets. So that linebacking room right now, it looks like Shaq Thompson restructured his deal. 
you have Frankie Louvu, and you're talking about Brandon Smith as someone. A lot, of people, a lot of people like him. Mm-hmm. I like Brandon Smith, real fast guy, so hopefully he can develop. But here's some depth to help you at the linebacker spot um, with the Jero Averro's defense. We'll see how he fits in there. 704-570-9610. If you have any legitimate breaking news, see, this is a problem. People are going to try to dupe us now. Now we have to check Twitter every single time. Yep. But if you have any legitimate we breaking news. We verify people. Yeah, we do. Well, at least now we are. We're going yeah. to, but we're, we're still going to do that as well. Going back to just the Carolina Panthers trying to set themselves up for success. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Christian McCaffrey trade. And I know this has kind of been a couple of years in the making, but Wes, I always had a problem with Carolina and their moves being somewhat directionless. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were trying to rebuild towards the future, if they were trying to pull off some win now moves, if they were trying to thread the needle, which is really hard. And I'd rather you just go all in in one direction. But I do think you are having that nice middle ground right now of setting up a possible win now scenario if your QB hits at number one. And even if he doesn't this year, even if you don't make the playoffs this year, you've made enough nice moves to where you're okay going into the season after that. And so I think they've done a really nice job in what I think is probably the hardest thing to do over the offseason is mesh win now and win later, especially if this young QB hits. Yeah, and I think that is what they're doing this offseason. I think they threaded the needle pretty good, uh, to mm-hmm. use that terminology, because you're able to get the young quarterback that you want uh, all in one suit because, like you said, this McCaffrey trade enabled you to be able to do that. And then, as you said, now just going out making shrewd veteran moves. So you're doing a little bit of both uh, at the same time, and I think it's been a really good job of how uh, they've set themselves up, especially, like I said, if this quarterback hits, the Panthers have really put themselves in a position uh, to be an NFC contender uh, for quite some time. Yeah, I really like what they've done. And, and what, another thing, not only Scott Fitterer, you're kind of seeing a separation of the Matt Rule days and Scott Fitterer. And I don't even know how much that's fair, right? Because it would be very convenient to go towards the Matt Rule tenure and say all of the bad picks were Matt Rule's fault mm-hmm. and all of the good picks were Scott Fitterer's doing. Mm -hmm. That would be very convenient, probably not 100% true. But at the same time, Matt Rule's gone. We love this offseason. The link, the holdover, it's David Tepper as the owner, and it's Scott Fitterer as the GM. So, as I think both of those guys, even if you were somewhat out on Fitterer, too, if you were one of those Fitterer truthers saying, no, he has a big standing as to why they've struggled so much as well, he saved his name a little bit. And even with David Tepper, where a lot of people frustrated with him, right? This is the best standing I think he's had with the franchise since he bought the team. And he was out having beers with everyone and making all these moves. And everybody really liked who he was as a guy that came into this organization as someone new. But then you're not getting to the playoffs. You're not winning the weird media availability sessions that he's had. Even recently, David Tepper's had, where he goes on that long hiatus of not talking to anyone. You have the Rock Hill incident. Man, it was bad. One good standing with the fans. But that goes away quickly when he's willing to spend all this money for the coaching staff and you have a GM in place now that you feel very good at the helm of what this offseason is that we're celebrating so much. Well, I think the thing that you see is, or that you've seen from Tepper, regardless of how you feel about him personally or whatnot, the, and not you, but just fans in general, um, 
You saw flashes, though. You've seen flashes since he's been here. You've heard the rumblings of how badly he wanted a franchise quarterback. You've seen him go after uh, different guys. Any quarterback that's been out in the media that's been uh, one of the quote-unquote top-tier guys, he's gone after them or wanted the Panthers to be in the discussion. So you could see this coming. Uh, you could see that Temple was not going to stand pat and just be just hanging out and just be there and have a team and just be collecting dough. Uh, you could see that he really wants to win. You could see his competitiveness and coming from the Steelers and, and that pedigree that they have. So you, you could see it coming. So this uh, it's a little bit of a surprise and just the fact that I don't know that I saw the Panthers offseason going this well. I mean, it's hard to. Yeah, but as I said, though, you could see that Tepper was uh, kind of in a win, win-win mode. Uh, as far as him going after Stafford, going after Watson, trying to get the Panthers in every discussion uh, that he could for a top-tier quarterback. Well, yeah, you've you've seen some of that stuff where you, you absolutely have the aggression, and there are limits to it based off of what you can do with the salary cap, mm-hmm. what you can do with the players on your roster, but there is no limit to spending money for coaches. And, all right, let, let's try to find a loophole in the game. And the loophole is, okay, I can spend all the money I want to if I'm willing to do it and get the best coaches that everybody would be happy to have a part of their staff. And that's exactly what he did. And he gave the okay on trading up to number one. It's detailed in this article we're talking about, a part of The Athletic, where Scott Fitterer went to David Tepper, kind of reported, hey, they're kind of wanting a 2025 second round pick. They want DJ Moore or Brown or Brian Burns, Mm -hmm. but DJ Moore is who we're going to settle on. And Tepper's like, cool. Let's go get the number one overall pick. So you're seeing that aggression, and I think in a good way, where it's not meddling, carrying the negative connotation of what the owner might do when he's involved in football operations. It's the positive when they're involved in football operations, which is great. Last thing, Jack texted in. He said, this is all premature on Fitterer and Tepper until we see the number one pick, for sure. But we can also acknowledge the momentum that has been built this offseason. You have a lot more excitement and anticipation Absolutely. as a Panthers fan than you've probably ever had in quite some time at least. Absolutely. 100%. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But you have to feel very good based off what they could have done. They were able to knock it out of the park so far. 704-570-9610. Let's go to the second Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? All right. The Hornets back in action at home tonight against Toronto. They'll be without Mark Williams, though. He has been downgraded to doubtful for tonight's action. We kind of talked about this a few weeks ago with Tendigo, if they should consider shutting him down. We're here at the final week of the regular season. The bugs aren't going anywhere. Should Mark Williams' season come to an end? No. Yeah, I. the thing about Mark <laughs> Williams is you, you know what he is already. Like, you feel good about him. I don't mind the center rotation as much. I know people were kind of frustrated about Mark sitting some of these games. But if his thumb's bothering him, it's still wrapped up. I was over there when I got the interview for P.J. Washington. Still had his thumb wrapped up in practice. I don't I don't want him to go through a thumb injury if we're only talking about three games left. Well, yeah, I, my, I mean, in that right, right, right. And even with the center rotation happening the way it is where you sit one and then the other two guys play, I don't I don't mind it as much. I just if you're talking about missing two games when that report came out, I think with six left, then I thought it was enough. So, look, I, I'd love to see Mark just as a fan. He's he's the guy that you're paying attention to first and foremost above all else. But it doesn't bother me nearly as much that he's having to be a part of this rotation. Yeah, I think if you can avoid any further injury, then sure. I think he should play. But in that case, if he's over there with hand wrapped up and stuff, 
Maybe, maybe so. I was just thinking more sure. in the terms of the the Luca Kyrie deal, where I'm like, this is ridiculous <laughs> oh, no. that you would shut guys down because you're not going to make the play. No, no, that would that is not the case I'm here, on. especially with the Hornets. If they win out again, they're going to have the fourth best lottery odds, yeah. which still people don't get. I know I say it all the time, but I have to when people are angry at the Hornets for winning. Like they can win. We're we're past that point. Yeah. They can win. It's okay, it's okay to okay win to now. Win. It's okay. You cannot. Hurt yourself anymore by winning these games when it comes to the lottery. You can't hurt yourself listening to Weston Walker anymore, too. We have Willie P joining us in the Planet Kia studios. Make sure you visit planetkianc.com as well to get one of the best cars out there. We appreciate Willie P joining us. Coming up next, Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. myself my name is i'm will pelagic one of the better drops we got out there unfortunately he's not going to be in with us here in the planet kia studios where you can visit planetkianc.com i thought he was going to i forgot about it during the tease instead he's going to join us on the body works plus guest hotline so that is where we'll go over now willie it's the second time in a row man that you don't want to hang out with us in studio i'm not sure what it is i don't know if it's fitty if it's me can you explain to us why once again you have ditched us it's it's totally fitty it's totally okay. fitty that's fair it's, it's all it's all fitting okay no, no that's good I've- I, the, the unfortunate thing is there there is some stuff that, uh, that I got to take care of at the house, uh, unfortunately, and then uh, and then I got an appointment at four to get my hair cut, and I got Hornets tonight, so it's just uh, the afternoon has stacked up on me, unfortunately, guys. But, the, hair, uh, the haircuts but I are have real. Time to talk to you via phone. Okay, that's fine. The, the haircuts are real, by the way. Flounder just came in, but way more lined up than I've ever seen him in my life. And now I need to get a haircut. Willie's getting one, too. So we're about to be looking very good here. Got to get the birthday cut in. You you know, it's it's, uh, birthday week. Oh, okay. It's birthday week. What kind of big plans do you have, Willie? Well, we went to the the Hurricanes Islanders on Sunday, and then uh, we're going to go see a show in Durham on Thursday. It's uh, a lot lot going on. And and, uh, as I mentioned to you guys on the way out, we're doing uh, doing State 48 tomorrow night with uh, me and a couple of the – Couples from the Charlotte FC broadcast team, so it should be it should be a nice week. All right, that does sound like an awesome week. I like celebrating your birthday for an entire week. By the way, any reason to party? That sounds good to me. It's Willie P joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Of course, the voice of Charlotte FC. We had a draw their last game, Willie. How would you describe that game with their comeback ability in order to make it a two-two draw? 
Well, I think the, the greatest part about the result is that it seems like it's a result that they wouldn't have gotten a year ago because they were a team that dropped, unfortunately, a lot of points in either the last minute or in the last couple of minutes of open play during the season. And, you know, there's always kind of this phraseology in soccer where they say, you know, one is better than none in terms of the points. You get a point for a draw. Uh, you get nothing if uh, if you lose, and you get three if you win. So in, in that aspect, Charlotte FC left a lot of points on the table last season in games where they didn't manage them well. And these are the kinds of results that you gain in this type of a, a scenario when you're going through a tough part of your schedule and you end up getting those points. Those are the ones that are different between you being, you know, safely in the playoff hunt or possibly being on the outside looking in. Yes, you'd want to win the game, and I think they get a great chance to do so this week against Real Salt Lake, but these are the results you need, too, and I think that's the beauty of the game. Willie P., so Coach Latanzio said after the match, though, that they did, uh, they felt good, but he was disappointed because it was there for them uh, to win the game, but at least they got back with something. Uh, what do you think, like you said, they they had their chances, but uh, just what, what was it that kept them from winning, and do you feel like uh, it's an indictment on how this team has played this season? Well, I think in the opening half, they were up against something that was otherworldly in the fact that they were going up against a really tight win, uh, 28 to 30 miles an hour in their face, and they were manipulating the ball a lot with the corners that they got, uh, they being Toronto. They got two in, one straight in off the corner, which was an Olympico from Bernadeschi, and then another one that Michael Bradley snuck in and got something with some pretty spectacular service coming in from the other way, and uh, they were able to get their second goal that way. Charlotte FC was able to take advantage of that same win in the second half. And for whatever reason, uh, that win had a big, big factor on the game. The, the problem that I would go forth, though, saying, Wes, and I think part of the reason why Christian Tonzo said it this way, is that Charlotte FC has still not had a game where they've played 90 minutes of consistent soccer. It's been pockets here and there, a half here and there. They, they have not put two good halves together. And I think that's part of the reason why there's a bit of angst on Christian Latanzio's mind about you know, wanting to be able to play that, that first full 90 of consistent soccer. And I think that's the part of what you know, he's saying, hey, you know, this might work uh, to get a point against Toronto, but some other teams down the stretch of the season, you're going to have to play a lot better to get results out of these teams. And so I think coming into this week against Real Salt Lake, a team that honestly has looked poor, guys. They've looked very, very poor. Uh, one win in the opening match of their season and then four consecutive losses, including a pair of Four nil defeats back to back against St. Louis and Columbus. This is an opportunity for Charlotte FC to pick up points, but they're not going to do it playing the kind of soccer they played in the first half against Toronto or in the opening half against New York last week. Now he also said that they played away with a lot of personality, but then at times this season he also said that uh, mentality was something that the team was lacking and that and that they needed to improve that. What is this team's personality and what type of mentality do you think they have been playing with? Well, I think the problem is, Wes, they've been siphoning through a lot of personnel and the personnel has been very inconsistent in terms of different injuries. They had a couple of guys get hurt in the midfield and also uh, suspension in the midfield with Brant Bronico, which we talked about going into last week. And uh, they also had a situation in the back four where Bill Tuloma took on an injury and missed the first game, missed that game against New York Red Bulls. And Charlotte FC were having to play with a guy out of position in the back line. So it definitely has had a scenario where Charlotte FC has not been able to get a lot of chemistry going with some guys in and out of the lineup. 
The fact that they come back pretty healthy out of this one against Toronto means that maybe they'll be able to kind of keep things somewhat consistent and build a little bit of chemistry. I think you'll get Kale Svidersky potentially back in the lineup for a full 90, which would also help. And I think that the, the issue that we've come to find, and, and we've talked about it over the course of this season, is trying to get the best 11 on the pitch for the majority of the contest. And unfortunately, uh, number one, they've been trying to find that all season. And number two, they haven't been at full strength for a lot of the season because of injuries international duty and uh, suspensions for guys like Brant Bronico. Yeah, you mentioned trying to find the best 11 on the pitch. So what would you say about the keepers that we've seen? We've seen a couple of them play in these few games to start the season. Well, I, I think the unfortunate thing about it is, Walker, is that I don't know if we've necessarily found the solution <laughs> when Christian Kalina comes back. I think the the initial hope of Christian Latanzio, the way they've always talked about these guys is that they feel like any of those three can be a legitimate starter uh, of those top three between Kalina, Cisniega, and Marks. I think the hope was that one of the two of the remaining goalkeepers would play well enough to give Christian Latanzio a tough decision when Christian Kalina comes back fully healthy. Now, he's still about three, four weeks away, I think, from actually being able to appear in a match. And the thing is, I don't know if either guy has put forth a representative effort that would keep Kalina potentially competing for a starting spot. I think the initial hope was, you know, maybe Marks plays out of his mind or Cisniega plays out of his mind that you don't need to bring back Kalina and you can just ride the uh, the hot hand, if you will. But the problem is you haven't had a clean sheet from any of these guys. And while George Marks has looked very, very good in moments, he made a couple of very good saves, I think you have to take him to task for the goals they surrendered on the set pieces. I think positioning was a definite issue. I think he very much cheated on the first uh, uh, first goal against Bernadeschi on the Olympico. And I think also it's his opportunity to try and make sure he directs traffic correctly and make sure that Ben Bender is sitting there on the back post to try and defend against uh, Michael Bradley. You can't do anything about Bradley pushing Harrison off on the back to get position, which is something that they should have gone to the monitor after they did go to the monitor and actually roll away. But the fact that uh, they let that goal stand is, is something that the disco committee is going to have to talk about here in a couple of days. But in, in my opinion, I'd like to see a little bit more from Marks before they make that decision about whether or not they're going to keep him in there when Kalina comes back. But I don't know if I've seen anything from those two guys that has me thinking that that uh, Kalina shouldn't get his job back once he returns to full health. Um, Fiddy just told me that he prepped a text for a new nickname for you. So I guess we're going to try to figure this out if you like it or not. So it's Glee Willie P because you told the audience this morning that you love musicals and you are a thespian. So he suggested this new nickname <laughs> did a 704 number. Do you like Glee Willie P? I do not. I think that's a little <laughs> insulting. I think it's a little insulting. And, it's insul uh, think Why is it insulting? It feels a little insulting, and uh, I just I feel like jo Josh Josh does not know how to to keep up with this swag. It's, it's, that's all it is. Oh, okay, yeah, he now keep up with the swag, and I think he's a little jealous. He's a little jealous of that. <laughs> we have bucket hat beef between Willie P right now <laughs> and Josh Fitty Marlowe. What about Willie Glee? Is that so bad? No, no, I don't like that either. Okay, all right, that's it. Well, we'll stick with Willie P right now. He is still the voice of Charlotte FC, and we appreciate his time here, whether it is in the Planet Kia studio or on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. We appreciate it, Willie. Hopefully you can join us in the studio next time. Thanks, Willie. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate the time from him. I didn't know if it was going to be uh, insulting, but Glee is the – that was the show back in the day, right? I, didn't, yeah, I never watched it. It was a big show. I didn't either, but I, wonder, I knew it was a big show. I wonder if that's why it's insulting. Is there another reason why you would have called it insulting? What is a thespian? A wow. thespian, one of the arts. 
That's what was. <laughs> you sounded like a philosopher when you said that, by the way. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm trying to answer it like Willie. I'm trying to do that. What about William Shakespeare? Oh, I like that one. Ooh, that one's pretty, good. <laughs> I don't know if he is a, but I kind of feel like he's a real Shakespeare. Oh, no, we're not relatives. Okay. Yeah, that's because of the Marlowe with the E at the very end. <laughs> that is the real name, as uh, Fitty once told us a long time ago. One more hour to go. Yeah, it's been a weird show. We're going to do role-playing coming up next to begin the last hour. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.